Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin AC. I'm in Cincinnati. Actually, I'm across the river from Cincinnati uh, in this state called Kentucky, but I'm looking at Great American Ballpark as we speak. Padres in town for three games against the Reds. Ooh, we got to talk about that. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Jay, how is San Diego right now? Because it's like 100 degrees and humid here. San Diego's beautiful, Kevin. It's beautiful every day in San Imagine. Diego. It doesn't get to be almost never anyway, except for last <laughs> summer, 100 degrees and humid. But uh, I think it's supposed to be in the upper 70s here in mm. downtown, a little warmer in, mm. the, uh, in the inland areas. But uh, mm. another beautiful day here and, and definitely better than where you were and where you are. Well, it sounds like you really enjoyed telling me about that. Sorry, so, sorry. Cool. No, I'm, I'm sorry about that. But uh, you, you are in, a, in another nice hotel, I'm sure, looking out. Uh, and you are right down oh. the street from one of my, one of my favorite restaurants. From my travels, mostly in the Indeed. NFL, but in baseball, but the Montgomery Inn Boathouse. Indeed. Hopefully it's still there. It is there. I see it. The, you see it, the greatest ribs that I've had, and that includes Kansas City. Mm, yes. Oh, no, absolutely. I will tell you, just real quick, on the culinary, we've gone weather. We'll go culinary just for a second before we get into strikeouts. Cheesesteak? Uh, no. Skyline chili is oh. awful. <laughs> And it's funny because that's the thing that m- most people, right? It was mentioned right. to me this morning on, a, on the radio thing. That's the thing. Oh, Skyline. Eh, have you had it? It's horrible. <laughs> I remember right. the first time I took my wife there and she was like, what is this? This, 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 is, what they, this is supposed to be what you eat here? <laughs> oh, 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 it is just awful. All right. Jay, the Padres, who strike out a lot, like uh, let's go by uh, strikeouts per plate appearance, second most in the majors, uh, essentially tied for first against right-handers. Uh-oh, they face three right-handers in Trevor Bauer tonight, Sonny Gray tomorrow, and Ho- uh, Luis Castillo on Wednesday, who strike out as many batters as any pitchers in the major leagues, pretty much. This could be ugly you know it, it struck me and we we talked about this a little bit off the air so to speak you and i last weekend that this was coming up and we wanted to talk about it today thing that struck me looking at the pitching matchups for this series the padres and the reds have the same record they're 58 and 65 which obviously is nothing to uh for for either team to be for either team to be happy about the interesting thing to me anyway is the reds run differential is plus 22 and the Padres is minus 38, and yet they have the same record. Uh, on the Pythagorean deal that's on baseball reference, the Reds are actually six games worse than their run differential really says they should be. The Padres are right where they should be. So it's kind of a bizarre thing. And then you go into this series, and they're facing Trevor Bauer, who hasn't been great since the trade, but let's face it, he's a very good pitcher. Sonny Gray, who's been excellent this year. Luis Castillo, who's been excellent this year. And it's like, Wow, this, how is this team 58 and 65? And it's weird that the Reds are totally different than what we've gotten used to the past few years. They're fourth in the NL and ERA, and they're 11th in runs scored. And I would think that over the past few years, it's been the opposite of that. So, no, there's no question the Padre hitters have a challenge this week. And, and they, they are challenged most weeks by, you know, putting the ball in play. And you as you mentioned, it's an, a bigger challenge than, than ever these next three nights and we'll we'll see if there's any adjustments that are made and and i saw i think hunter renfro talked about how he you know you have to make adjustments but 
I mean, Renfro, I think, probably has the – does he have the highest strikeout rate on the team? Will Myers. Let's not oh, forget Oh, Will Myers. Myers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, and, and Hunters has gone up. It wasn't, and uh, now, now it is up there. Yeah, we talked um, on Friday that it had gone from, like, every three-and-a-half at-bats to every two-and-a-half at-bats. Uh, now, it seems to me that these guys are not going to wait around. I mean, you, you know, you, listen, first of all, the Reds also have four relievers – in their uh, bullpen that rank in the top 25 in strikeouts per nine innings. Like the te- their team strikes out a lot of people, all right? right, right. So uh, they have some very good relievers. Uh, you don't just get the starter out. One thing is that all three of these pitchers, Castillo, Gray, Bauer, can get into trouble with walks. I don't think the Padres, based on the fact that once they get to two strikes, they get out and they swing and miss a lot with two strikes. They're going to wait around and try to, you know, right, hit that two right. strike pitch. But there is a thought that they could try to make Trevor Bauer, you know, get in, get himself into trouble. Trevor Bauer also gives up some home runs. Uh, the other two do not. So I, I will be interested. But just you know, this is kind of this is kind of fun. I'm I'm very excited to see the the matchups. You and I talk about it a lot. The people that are listening are baseball fans. But probably first and foremost, Padres fans, uh, as, as members of the media, as appreciators of, of baseball, like I'm excited for these matchups. I want to see can the Padres do those, make those adjustments. How do they attack him? Heck, I want to see one of these guys getting 18 strikeouts over the next three days. Right, I didn't say right. I'm rooting for that. To be clear, I'm saying I want to see. Like I think I'm excited for this series. Yeah, I mean we saw it once last week in the uh, the Tampa. I think it was the second Tampa Bay game where the Padres did strike out 18 times, and it was and all of them in the last eight innings even. More than two strikeouts an inning in that stretch. So, yeah, let's see what happens against these guys and can the Padres make any adjustments. And, and you know, they're coming off a road series win, which is something we haven't been able to uh, to say in quite a while. And yesterday was we should talk briefly about the Austin Hedges show um, yesterday. That was impressive on many levels. I mean, obviously, any time a guy goes four for four, hits a home run to win the game, it's a big deal. But to do it in those conditions on a day that just looked so miserable to be out in the sun for that long, you know, where the heat index was right around 100 the entire game. Hedges is back there catching the entire game. It was a slow game, you know, lots of pitches. And then to have, you know, to be in the physical condition to be able to continue, not just concentrate, but just have the strength, I guess, to uh you know, to hit the home run there. I, I thought that was, you know, that's a performance that Austin Hedges should be really, really proud of. And, you know, whether he wants to say it or not, you know, that, that says something about Hedges mentally. It says something about him physically that he was able to do that. And it doesn't change that Francisco Mejia is the number one catcher right now or anything like that. But we should point out when guys do something extraordinary. And I thought that was an extraordinary game yesterday for Austin Hedges. And what you bring up, because it just comes out. Look, Francisco Mejia is the number one catcher. I think in August, it's a, or since August 2nd, uh, it's, a, it's like a 1,200 or 11-something uh, OPS. Since he's come back, the numbers are, uh, you know, he's a, over 800 OPS uh, since the middle of June. Uh, he's, he's the catcher for a reason, all that, okay? But what Austin Hedges did in the ninth inning with Kirby Yates, I mean, do you think Yates has the confidence that he does uh, without Hedges in there? And then more, more than anything, this is what I want I'm, uh, want to say. That shows why if Austin Hedges could just hit like 230, <laughs> he would be the starting catcher because of all it takes to be a catcher. Right. You're not looking. I mean, th- this, you know, 
you're not looking for Mike Piazza. <laughs> you, you're, you're looking for a guy who does what Austin Hedges did yesterday and hits better than 194. But you know what? Oh. It's also why a team needs two good catchers mm-hmm. because, you know, look, Mejia caught on, uh, I believe, what, both Friday and Saturday, right? Yes. And so Saturday night he's catching, and Sunday afternoon you don't, you know, he's not going to catch day game after a night game, so he's going to get either Saturday night or Sunday off. And they put hedges out there in uh, in those conditions. For Lucchese. and With Lucchese. And now you can go back to Mejia for the next couple yes. of nights. Uh, and then Wednesday is a, a day game, and it's going to be just as miserable in Cincinnati on Wednesday afternoon as it was in Philadelphia yesterday. And so either Hedges is going to have to catch Tuesday night and Mejia Wednesday afternoon, or they're going to have to do the same thing they did, which is to put you know Hedges back out there on Wednesday afternoon. So either way, it shows why you know, you're know you going to need your backup catcher to play a couple times a week just because of the, the demanding nature of that position physically uh, and mentally, and, and in, especially in the summer months in places like Philadelphia and mm-hmm. Cincinnati, which you know a lot of people I know here can't, don't necessarily relate to. But, uh, man, it looked miserable there yesterday. And before somebody throws at me that JT Real Muto – perhaps the best catcher in the game uh, all around uh, was in all three games. Uh, that's a rarity. He doesn't do that all the time either, but he's also, he is, is one of the handful of guys who, who does catch, you know, and I'm not sure what it is this year, but you know, one thirty uh, or, or so. So but just again, it, and that doesn't mean that it's necessarily a good thing either. I mean, no. maybe he would be, you know, better served. And I, I don't know the Philly situation. I couldn't even tell you their backup right. catcher, but maybe he'd be better served if he got an extra 10 games off you know, during the year, or maybe not, maybe he's good enough that he's able to do that. But I just think most, yeah. most guys are not able to do that. And, and it's to just put, brutal. to put Mejia, you know, after catching Friday and Saturday to put him out there again on yesterday afternoon, I just don't think would have been a good, a good right. move. And, and hedges, you know, hedges made it pay off yesterday, obviously. How about this, Jay, before we get to that, I feel like there's something that's big that has uh, dropped since our last podcast. But before we get to that, Andres Munoz. Wow. Two days in a row. That's the second time he did it this week, protecting a two run lead in the eighth inning on Saturday and a two run or a one run mm-hmm. lead in the eighth inning on Sunday. Perfect. Both times, obviously, you know, slowest pitch, like 99-something, uh, getting up above 102. That's the, you know, he loves his slider to throw it, and that's huge. Uh, the kid, you know, he he really does seem like the, the, the real deal. Right, and, and, I mean, yesterday he got, you know, he got Hoskins and, uh, and Real Muto, uh, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Harper was gone, so he got, so he got Hazley. But um, I seem to remember on Saturday, didn't he go through the heart of uh, went through the heart the, of the order? The heart of the order. I was just trying Bryce to Harper tried I was just to look, bunt. trying to look it up, <laughs> and he got Harper, Real Muto, uh, strike both of them striking out. Yep. And then Dickerson uh, on a foul pop up. So I mean, he went through some pretty good hitters in the in those in those innings, and uh, and Kirby Yates yesterday. That was that Oof. was fun to watch. Um, Twenty seven pitches. The, the at bat with Segura was was something else. I, I thought he did get a he got a little bit of a break on one of the uh, three not to Segura but one of the other guys on a three one pitch. Uh, it was probably a ball, but that that okay. guy was so inconsistent yesterday that But you ball can't, one to Dickerson you know. was a strike. So. Right. So either way, but anyway, <laughs> I mean you can't pick apart too much of that because most of the calls are most of the calls are, are crummy. That guy was awful know. yesterday. Anyway, um, and uh, it was weird. You would have thought that in those conditions and and uh, 
you know, in that equipment and being going through what he had to go through, you would think he would have a little wider strike zone most of the game. But instead, it seemed like he was squeezing guys more than uh, uh, more than anything else. But uh, anyway, we you did mention that something oh, yeah. something had happened since we got last did this. We recorded on Friday morning, and then the news came out Friday afternoon that Fernando Tatis is all but certain to miss the rest of the season. I can't imagine a circumstance where they would, you know, put him back in for uh, a couple That's of, what a it seems like. Look, at the, if this maybe team, if this team was in contention, right. you yep. know, you would force him back in in September, but it doesn't well, make any sense be, to do that. What you'd be, you certainly at this right now wouldn't have made the decision that he'd be out, right? Like, you're not going to, you know, I know you didn't mean it, but like, you're not going to force a guy back in. What you meant is that, you know, you would be putting him back in. He would be fighting and, you know, he's already fighting to play. But like, you know, this would be a different deal because if this injury is what they say, what, you know, uh, talk to, uh, you know, what orthopedic surgeon who you know believes this is a stress reaction that he will heal from it's not a anything that's a recurring deal he'll he'll be fine it's just you know maybe because that's what it was friday morning is like we're gonna see what he's like here in three weeks uh and sure in three weeks you could be look at this guy and if this team's in contention and uh, they need their number one run creator okay boom no they don't need him he's 20 years old He's played uh, all of winter ball, took a week off, got into spring training, made major league roster, you know, played the bulk of this season uh, at the highest level. Let's just let's just look at the next 10 to 12 to 15 years for this guy. Yeah, I don't there's no there's <laughs> no logical reason to put him out there for, you know, another 15 games or whatever, uh, whatever it might be. I mean, I, I know people would rather see him play and, uh, you know, you hope you're going to get more than 84 games out of him. Uh, you know, going forward. Um, but at this point, there's no reason to see that. Now, it does sound like, and we, we sort of guessed the other day as to what they might do mm-hmm. in terms of would they put Ty France at third and move Machado to short. Uh, but instead, it seems like they're committed to put France at second and let Urias play short and, and well, leave Machado at third. What, what do here you, was what, my take what, on Friday, and it's the absolute valid take, uh-huh. is that if they're trying to win... Then Ty France is at third and Machado's at shortstop and Luis Arias is at second. And I should say, if their only aim is to win, right? Right. right. And yes, that's what they acknowledge without explicitly acknowledging it on the record. Um, they, what they acknowledge is we, on the record, they need to see what Ty France can do so that they understand do they have a utility guy at three infield positions? Because then that helps determine. Ty France's value to them or possibly on the trade market. So, you know, and the future of Greg Garcia, ostensibly the future of Ian Kinsler. I think we all know that. Um, What is Ty France just a corner infielder or can he play second base? They have to find that out while trying to win. Like there's this is one of those situations that shows you the dual track of the rest of the season. I think I read that somewhere. Indeed, you have. I'm trying to pound it home because I like to uh, help clear out my uh, Twitter feed and my inbox of people saying, well, they should do this if they're trying to win. Yes, I know, because I've said it several times. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it is a weird situation to be in, and and I think it's a weird situation for Andy Green, as we've talked about before. I mean, where, where, you know, is he going to be judged solely on win-loss record? 
does he think he's going to be judged? I mean, obviously he talks to the front office all the time. They, they're going to tell him what they tell him, but he's, he's got to be thinking a little bit in the back of his head, well, I'm, I'm supposed to win, but I'm also supposed to find out about certain guys. And I think a little bit of that, you know, is happening. Maybe it happened yesterday. I mean, it seemed like, you know, Lucchese was on the ropes there in this, what was it, the sixth inning, and he got the first two guys out and then had a long at bat with Segura, of course. And or no, not it wasn't Segura. It was a guy before Segura, I believe that uh, that got a walk, and then he had to face Segura, and it was like it was well, Hazley. It was Hazley, yep. right? And then it was well, should they should they bring in a right-hander at this point to pitch to to pitch to Segura? Well, maybe if the if the only goal, as you put it, is to win, yeah, you probably should have. But is that the only goal right now, or is it to see what you know make Joey Lucchese pitch in those situations and see what? Uh, uh, you know, and and see what he can do. And I, I saw, you know, some criticism. But again, it, what's the goal here? And if it's a dual track, then I think on that dual track, mm-hmm. they served the purpose yesterday. If you, what, if it was just going to win, you might have seen Craig Stammen pitching to Segura there. What they hope is that yesterday was huge for Joey Lucchese. That's what they hope. Because right. that's really, and if it was, then that was the real victory out of yesterday. Yeah, even right? though he gave up right, even though he gave up the run and and mm-hmm. even though they won in the big picture it's more important if that he got if, if himself he got, through 6 innings. Right. Even though he was he was he was yes. out, he was tired in the 6th inning, but you have to pitch when you're tired. Uh, and there's going to be a I can't wait for it. If it's Andy Green, if it's whoever, if you are the division leader by one game or one game back or one game out of the wild card or whatever it is, this is about the time you start managing almost playoff style. Right. Right. And, and piecing together your pitching staff and, and that sort of thing. So that's that's what we're left with, especially with Fernando Tatis out. And look, you heard my excitement about this series. And gosh, the Red Sox are coming up. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it, there's still lots of stuff. We didn't have Fernando Tatis last year. And most of the time we found stuff to, to watch. I still think that it's uh, yeah, there's a lot of fascinating uh, things ahead. You know, tonight... Um, I don't think it'll happen because Joss Naylor, Winston Payne, possible oblique. Uh, I don't know if we're talking DL, but probably give Josh Naylor a rest. But, you know, tonight could be the could have been still might be, I guess, the first time that Andy Green could have five position players batting from the left side in a lineup this season. Wow. Yeah, I believe that would be like I believe every other team. I think every other team's done it against the Padres. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing how right-handed they've been. But of course, with Travis Jankowski up now, you got Swishini Mejia, Hosmer, I believe Garcia will start tonight. Um, so, which reminds me, we we glossed over. What did you happen to see of Ty France this week? And at second, Jay, anything? No, I know you did. You tweeted about one of them. That should have been an error. Oh yeah, all off of his glove. No, that's right. No, that was a. Ba- I mean, that was a bad play. I mean, I. I, it, I but that, I'm not going to yeah. make judgments. I mean, he could have. No, no. dro- he could have dropped. He also a made ball. a real a wonderful play yesterday. Yeah, he glove did. Glove to glove. Right. I mean, he could have dropped a ball at third base too, uh, yep. like that. But I. Yeah, that play. I mean, he took what? Maybe three steps. Maybe four yep. steps, and the ball hit right off his glove. I just. Yep. The, the idea that anybody could be credited with a hit for that. Is, right uh, and and the fact is, crazy. is but I didn't see Urias enough probably of, makes it Garcia yeah. doesn't we're talking about a utility second baseman they want to see does he have the you know obviously I'm not saying he doesn't but they need to find this out for sure the mental capacity there's a lot to deal with there in situations and of course at least adequate range 
to make you know certain quasi-athletic plays that a third baseman simply does not have to do. I will say even Garcia, I mean, and I don't want to say even Garcia like he's some terrible fielder, but I, he, I think Garcia look, would have made that play. Okay, so there you go. So. But no, he, he, I think Garcia would tell you he's a terrible fielder. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and, and he actually he would because he's one of the most self-deprecating ballplayers I have ever met. Um, but there's a reason Greg Garcia is not a starter, and it's basically his defense. Right. Uh, and it's well, and I guess it's trouble with uh, right-handed or uh, left-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, great line by Garcia, by the way. Did you see the helmet thing, Jay, where Eric Hosmer left his helmet in the clubhouse on Saturday? Uh Uh, Used Greg Garcia. Obviously, you need the ear flap there on the right ear when you're a left-handed batter. So he used the the rare left-hander's helmet that fit him, uh, and he got a hit. So even though then a clubby went up and got uh, Eric Hosmer's helmet, he used it for the next couple at-bats. He's facing right-handers. He starts the game three for three. Uh, A left-hander reliever comes in, and... Greg Garcia tells him that helmet doesn't hit lefties. <laughs> great, that's, that's because so Greg great. Garcia can't hit lefties. Yeah. That was great, and of course, Hosmer didn't get a hit. Went back to his helmet. Right, right. No, that was uh, that was great. I, I do want to mention one other guy that I do want to watch this week who's not on the Padres, uh, but Aristides Aquino for the Reds um, has came up on August first, and he went zero for six in his first two games. And ever since then, he's 19 for 51 with 11 homers and 22 runs batted in. In 15 ga- in those last 15 games, he has 11 home runs. Um, his slugging percentage, counting those first six at-bats, is 930. So he has in- he's played 17 games, and he has a war of 1.2. There are, there are several players, I, I won't name names, but you can guess a lot of them on the Padres, who have played a lot more games than 17 this year who don't have a 1.2 war. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this guy play uh, and seeing how the Padres uh, pitch to him this week. Who, who will we see on the on the hill for the Padres? Uh, we have Eric La- the Lauer-Bauer hour tonight. And Quantrill, and then who TBD. TBD, another TBD game. Yes, and it uh, would. Uh, I would imagine it has. To, it, you know, it has to be a bullpen this time. It, they've already brought all these guys back on four days rest. So well, uh, plus would it would be Pat, and plus they're not going to bring Paddock back. No, on four days rest. So, and he would be the guy in this case that would fit into that slot. Right, so that, an off so, day is what allowed them to do the rotation in order. And uh, so Paddock on Friday against the uh, Sox, the yes. Red Sox. Yes, that will be an, another. Uh, do you uh, finally get to see him, Jay? I will it seems finally, like you've been yes. missing him. I, see, I seem to have missed Paddock a lot lately, but Friday night against the Sox is definitely uh, something that I will uh, look forward to. So until Excellent. then, we have the Reds, we have the Padres, the battle of 58 and 65, the next three days in Cincinnati. Try to stay cool back there, Kevin. Absolutely. It, uh, yes, it is, it is going to be, it is going to be magnificent, Jay. I'm sure it will be. And we will talk again on Friday and we'll preview uh, the big series against the Red Sox. All right. Thank you, everybody.